0: Hey, good morning, Restoration Church. I'm so excited to be here today. I'm so excited to be preaching. Welcome to our Plymouth location and anyone else who's joining us online. We're so excited to be kick-starting our new series, uh, Family Tree. And so I kind of want to give you a big picture of what the idea behind this series is. So I don't know if you, me and my wife, we went out yesterday and we got our Christmas tree and we've been setting it up and our plan is to finally start decorating it tonight. And something that happened when my wife and I got married and, uh, we just, and we started our own house was my mom gave me a bunch of ornaments. And so she gave me all the ornaments from, um, from my grandfather, from my grandparents that had my name on them. And so we kind of have on our tree a bunch of ornaments that carry different memories because of who they come from. And so I have one ornament in particular that's really important to me, and it's from the year I was born, and my grandfather, who's since passed away, bought it for me and gave it to my mom as a gift, and it's hung on our tree every year since then. And now it's in my house, and it hangs on my tree still to this day. And so the kind of the big idea behind this series is if you open up the book of Matthew, which is the first book in the New Testament, what you find is a genealogy. And what that is, it's just a list of people who, were kind of, uh, who, were, who lived before Jesus and who were part of his family. And so it starts off with a bunch of different people and just kind of gives you this whole list of people. And what we want to focus on, what we want to think about, is that if we imagine Jesus' family tree, every single name in that list is an ornament on his tree. And every single ornament has a story. And so we're going to be focusing on the story behind all these people, because sometimes if you've ever read the Bible before, you have moments where whenever, and then I do this when I'm reading the Bible, I get to a genealogy and I just skip that whole part, because I'm like, oh man, I don't want to read, this person was son of, and son of this person, and son of this person, daughter of this person, and it just goes on, and they can be pages long. But today we're going to look a little bit at some of the genealogy, some of the stories, some of the names, so that we can dive in and understand a little bit more, man, why is it important that we know these things and I don't know about you but I go through these weird phases as a person where I get super obsessed with my family's history I get super obsessed with trying to track my family back through as far as I can and and usually uh, I go to I I subscribe to like Ancestry.com just this it's interesting because these past month I got into one of those phases where I was super interested I was like man I want to find out as much as I possibly can about my family's history and so I've done that several times throughout my life, but I always stall out in like the early 1900s on my dad's side. I can never get farther back. And so I got super obsessed. And this time, uh, I, I, I gave myself a time crunch because Ancestry.com is really expensive every month. So I did the two-week free trial. I was like, I'm just going to get as far as I can in two weeks. And so I went crazy. I was up late. I was, I was using all my free time just trying to get back as far as I could. And I finally got my family back past the 1800s, and I found actually where my family family's name changed. So if you think my family, my name is Andrew Zemianek, and if you think that's complicated, you should see what my family name was originally. All right, so I'm going to pull it up. This was my family's name before it got changed when my ancestors came to Ellis Island. It was, I don't even know how to say it, but um, that was what my family, that's what our family name used to be. And so I was super fascinated with just finding out as much history about my family as I can. And you might have been through a season of that or maybe you got a school project at some point in your life where they force you to find out more about your history. But I think for all of us, there's kind of this, this, uh, this identity that comes with our family. And some of us, we, take, we have a bad identity from our family history. But some of us, man, we want to know where we came from because somehow that's important to who we are. And, and I think that's, that can be a true statement. And so I, wanna, I want you to think through this idea as as we work through this sermon, as we think about our family tree and Jesus' family tree. I want you to understand this. Your destiny doesn't exist in a vacuum. And what I mean by that is you're, what you're called to do, who you're meant to be, where you're meant to go, is not just something that is solely on you. It, it's relevant because of where you came from, the people who came before you. And so your family history, the things, the people who came before you, man, they had a, they, they were, they're part of making who you are today. And so we want to look at that idea. And even Jesus, his destiny didn't exist in a vacuum. And so as we look at this story and as we, as we focus, the very first name that we find on the list of, uh, of Jesus' genealogy, one of the first names, one of the most important names is a man named Abraham. And so Abraham is, he's, he, if, we, if we understand biblical history, he was kind of the, the, one of the most important characters you find in the Bible. Why? Because he was the moment where God began to enact his restoration plan for all of humanity. He was the moment where God said, "Humanity is far from me, it's not close to me. I need to bring them back to what they're meant to be." And He used Abraham to do this. And so we're going to jump into Genesis 12:1, and, and this is a really important story. It says, "The Lord said to Abram, who was Abraham before his name was changed, um, He says, Leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And this is really important because in Jewish culture, this was the moment where they were set aside as God's people. And, and, and they, they, they love this. verse is so important. And it's important to us to understand that in this moment, Abraham was being called into something greater. And as I was researching my family, this was, I, I got a new appreciation for what God was doing in this moment. God was asking Abraham, hey, I want you to give up everything. I want you to step into the unknown. I want you to step into something you don't know. I want you to leave everything behind. When uh, I actually, as I was researching my family, it was so cool. I found the document where my uh, great-great-grandfather showed up on Ellis Island, where they changed his name, where they wrote down that he had arrived and all of it, and it actually listed every single possession he brought with him. And the only possessions he brought with him was he came with one trunk of clothes and $18 in his pocket. He left Europe, traveled across the sea with only one trunk of clothes and $18 in his pocket. That was it. That was his entire possession. He actually gave up his name because, like you said, he lost his complicated name. It became Zemianic. His name was actually Josephus, and they didn't, they didn't know how to write that, so they turned his name into Joseph. So he became Joseph Zemianic. He gave up everything that he had ever had. And Abraham, in this moment, he goes through that same thing. He's, God is calling him. I'm, I want you to give up everything you've ever known, every person you've ever known, every place you're familiar with, and you need to step into something. And this is what I want you to know. Someone in your past made that same decision so you could be where you are today. For all of us, whether unless you're a Native American, most of us, man, somewhere along the line, one of your relatives gave up everything they ever knew to come to be in the U.S., to come be a part of this country. They gave up everything because they said, I, I, not, I, not necessarily for themselves, but for the future. See, it's crazy to me because one of the things that you find out about Abraham is when God called him, he was in his 70s. He was already an old man. God had already said, man, God had already called him into into a new life, into a new place, into a new purpose, even though he was old. And one of the things that was happening was God was saying, I'm gonna create something through you that you might not see, but that you're destined to start. And so the beginning of God's redemption plan, the beginning of his story, the beginning of the change that he has begins with a step into the unknown. And for you, wherever you're sitting at today, one, stepping into what God has for you, stepping into that redemption plan, one, requires a step into the unknown, but two, requires an understanding that someone stepped before you to put you where you're at today. The next thing that I think is so important, and this is, this is a, an idea that I was kind of playing around with and that I want you to, to kind of think through with me is, is your destiny isn't created, it's discovered. Your destiny isn't created, it's discovered. And, and I love James, uh, James 4.14. I, I, like, I like what he says. He says in this, he says, I, I, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog, here a little wire, then it is gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Would you I, I, just, I love this second part where, where it says, man, you're not here for long, but here's the thing this is what you ought to do. Say this if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. And he's not talking about some, some big giant thing, he's just talking about how do you live daily. So you can step into where you're, where you're supposed to be and who you're supposed to be. It's stepping in to an understanding that you live every moment of your life asking this question. God, where is it you want me to go? And, I, and like I said, if we think about Abraham, he's the beginning of God's redemption story. He's the beginning of this, this change, this, and eventually he's... He's the great, 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 whatever it is, grandfather of Jesus, but he has to step into this this without knowing the end of the story. Abraham doesn't know that one day Jesus is going to change the world. All he knows is all he has to hold on to is one single promise from God. I'm going to bless all families of the world through your family. He doesn't know what that looks like. He doesn't know how it's going to happen. But he holds on to that one promise, and then he steps into the unknown. He steps into this destiny, and he begins to discover as he does it what it is God has for him. And, and we, have to, we have to walk that same way. You, you might not know what it is God is stepping you into. You might not know where you're going. And you might not even see the end result one day, but you've got to hold on to the promise that when you walk in what God has for you, you discover and find a destiny that's better than anything you could have ever done on your own. In the middle of Abram's normal, in the middle of his normal, in the middle of everything being the same, in the middle of his household life, we don't know, you know, he was probably, I mean, he's, he's getting to be an old man. He'd been set up. He'd, been, he'd lived his entire life. He'd, he he'd probably figured, man, I'm going to die here one day. But in the middle of that normal, in the middle of the day-to-day, in the middle of the routine, God called him into something different. And I don't know where you are or what your story is, but I want to tell you that in the middle of your normal, God wants to call you into something extraordinary. Extraordinary. He wants to take you from where you're at to something greater, to to where you're supposed to be, to to something more than you can ever imagine or hope for. And and it all starts at this idea that your destiny isn't created, it's discovered. There are people who have set you up, your family has made sacrifices, and and you can think back. I, I know I think through even my grandparents made sacrifices, made decisions, made choices that set my family up for a future that allows me to do what I do today. You are one of those people, and you've got to say, God, where did I come from that you're setting me up to go somewhere that I can't even imagine? And you find your destiny when you realize where it is that you've come from and where you're meant to be, and when you walk between those two things. And and so I I just want to encourage you, I want you to think through, as you're sitting here, as you're you're listening, just thinking through, God, what is it? What's the normal? What, What is it you're calling me to step into that's an unknown, that might be terrifying, but is setting me up for the destiny you have for me? And uh, another thing that I want you to, to think through, and this, this one, is, this one is, is close to my heart as I think through because I think it's so relevant to who we are as Restoration Church, and it's this idea, even Christ didn't plan to change the world alone. Even Christ didn't plan to change the world alone. What does that mean? So if we look at the story of Abraham, Abraham set up and began the redemption story of God. It was through his family and through a lineage that eventually Jesus was born and his sacrifice changed the world and transformed everything. It was, it was a moment that rewrote history that transformed lives and hearts and even 2,000 years later, we're still talking about the power of his sacrifice and the change that it made. But even Jesus said... I'm not going to do it by myself. And what does that mean? Jesus passed on a command to all of his followers. He passed on a command to everyone who came with him that they were meant to do more, that they were meant to go farther, that they were meant to change more lives, that they were meant to transform the world beyond what he had done. And so when Christ died, he didn't say, all right, that's it, now I'm done, now the story's over, now we're going to finish it up, now we're going to conclude it, now there's nothing else left to do. No, he, he took all of his followers, he brought them to him, and he said, there's more to be done, and now you are going to inherit that command. You're going to inherit the command, you're going to inherit the kingdom of God, you're going to inherit something more, something farther, something greater, something that will change the world. And so when Jesus, Jesus comes, he comes and he, he kind of sets them up. And so for us here today, as we think about this, as we think about the story of Abraham, as we think about what he's done and, and how he's kind of set up this redemption story, he's set up this promise way back when, I think uh, best scholars estimate, you know, Abraham was probably from 2000 BC, took 2,000 years for the promise of God to be fulfilled, for the promise of God to be transformed, for the promise of God to become realized in the person of Jesus. And 2,000 years later, the promise is still being lived out even here today. See, the transformational power of God's promise of stepping into your destiny has implications that go far beyond your own understanding or ability to imagine. Just think back, to the, like imagine Abraham, God saying, hey, I'm going to bless all the nations of the world through you. That, think that, could you even imagine if God made you that promise and then someone told you, hey, one day 2.1 billion people are going to know about and, and follow one of your descendants. I couldn't even imagine how you could fathom that. And and some of us, you know, God is calling you into a destiny. He's calling you into purpose. He's calling you into something. And it's terrifying, but he wants you to step into what he's designed you for so that you can have an impact and a power to transform beyond your own generation and beyond your own understanding. God is calling you to take a step into a purpose that you won't be able to finish in your lifetime. One of the things you have to think through is, as you think through, what, what is it God is calling me to do? What is it call, God calling me to be? What is it God calling me to really, to really wrestle with in this life? If you can finish it in your lifetime, it's not God's dream for your life. If you could finish it in one lifetime, that's not what God has called you to do. Because we're not just an individual. We're not just a, a moment. We're part of a bigger story. We're part of something larger than we can ever imagine. God has called you to be more than just, oh, in 60 years, I think I can do all these things. And once I've done that, I've arrived. That's it. That's all I have to do. That's all God wants from me. No, God is calling you to transform lives beyond anything you can understand, anything you could hope Or imagine. I I think through, I I don't think my ancestors, as he decided to leave Europe, all all he came with $18 in his pocket, he didn't think one day my great great grandson is gonna live in New Hampshire and he's gonna be a preacher and all these different things. That that wasn't it. All he knew was man, I've got to step into the unknown. I've got to step into something beyond what I can understand. I've got to step into something farther, bigger, greater than I can imagine because when you step into the unknown, You find what God has for you. Find what God has for you. And then uh, the last thing I kind of really want want you to write down, want you to think about, want you to consider is this. Divine destiny always comes with a purpose. When God looks at you and he calls you and he says that you, know, you have something to contribute, you have something to do, it's never fruitless. And it can feel that way sometimes. It can feel as if, man, what I do doesn't even make a difference. What I do doesn't even matter. What I do can't, won't, even, won't even matter a year from now, two years from now. But I want to reassure you and I want to promise you that when God gives you a destiny, it comes with a purpose. When God called Abram to leave his home, to leave his circumstance, to leave his situation, to leave everything he had behind, he made him, he, he, he promised him this, you're gonna bless all the nations through your family. The crazy thing is, Abraham didn't even have a son. And so here's God saying, your destiny is to change the world, to bless all people, to transform nations. Every family on earth will hear your family's name. They'll talk about you. And Abraham's sitting there thinking, I don't even have a family to bless the nations with. You've called me into a destiny without a purpose because the one thing that could carry on my purpose, that could make it a reality, doesn't exist at all. And it's funny because as you read the story of Abraham, when God promises him a child, it's so ridiculous to him and his wife that they actually laugh at God. They say, there's, this is ridiculous. There's no way. We're too old. We're, we're not good enough. There's, there's no possible way that this could ever happen. And it was in that moment that God said, I have a purpose for you. I have promised you. I have a destiny. And when I've called you, there's nothing that can stop it from happening. And so for you, as you step into the unknown, and I don't know what your unknown is, but I know you do. You might be in church for the first time. Your unknown is this whole church thing. You don't know even if you're supposed to be here, if any of this is real, if God exists. Man, the unknown you're going to step into is exploring who God is. Some of you, you've been in church for 20, 30 years. You've been here. You've served faithfully. The unknown is God is calling you to step into, into a new point of leadership or into new commitments, You know, whether it be kingdom builders or volunteering, and you don't, you don't quite know what it is or why even God is calling you. But I want to reassure you that as you step into the destiny that God has for you, you'll find the purpose that he called you for. I, you know, and so as you walk through it, sometimes the step of faith comes before the understanding of purpose. And sometimes the purpose doesn't even come in your lifetime. But when you faithfully walk in God, we've got to go back to that passage. When we think about James, what you ought to do, what you ought to think, what you ought to believe is this, God, if you have called me or if you have said this, we ought to do is this, Lord, if the Lord wants me, wants us to, we will live and do this or that. And so for you, you've got to step into saying, God, I, I don't understand it. I can't quite make it make sense. I can't quite grasp it. But if you want us, we will live and do this or that. And, and as I wrap up, and as the band comes up, uh, I'm going to talk through um, I'm going to talk through, like I said, this big idea: your destiny doesn't exist in a vacuum. The choices you make today have implications for those beyond you, and the choices those who came before you made have implications to who you are right now. You're going to make decisions and choices in your life that are going to far outreach anything you could ever hope or imagine. So the question I want to ask to you today is, are you making choices that are going to make a positive impact 100 years from now? Are you making decisions that are going to instill value in your kids, in your family, in your friends, that are going to transform lives, not just today, not just tomorrow, but 50 years from now? Is the destiny you're stepping into something that you can be proud of as you pass on a legacy beyond anything you can imagine? I've told you a little bit and I've shared some of the story of uh, my dad's side of the family, um, you know, the Zemianic side of the family. But something interesting that I found out was uh, I traced back on my mom's side of my family a little bit. And my mom's maiden name was Cunningham. And so I traced it back as, you know, pretty far. And And one of the things that I discovered, because I was always fascinated when my family actually arrived in the U.S. Who made that decision? Who made that choice to come and and to live in the U.S.? And I finally found on the Cunningham side of my family who that person was. It was my seventh great-grandfather, and it was in the 1600s, and I was fascinated to find out that he was actually a reverend. Reverend David Cunningham, in the 1600s, made a decision to uproot his family and to come to these British colonies. And me being, you know, wanting to be, wanting to be like a little bit arrogant, I was like, oh man, I bet if I Google his name, I'm going to find sermons that he did, I bet he changed lives, I bet he was part of, you know, making, you know, he was, he did all these great sermons, he transformed all these lives, I bet I can find him, and I can't find anything at all about him online, Nothing. As far back as I try and search, I try and look through and, and find, man, Reverend David Cunningham. Did he, did he do things? Did he transform lives? Did he do that? And as far as I can tell, not really. He was just a pastor who made a decision to leave his country to come and spread the word of Jesus in a land where there were just settlers just new arrivals. And I began to think to myself, I wonder how proud he would be to find out that generations later, 400 years in the future, his great, 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 great grandson is carrying on the mission he started is still here preaching the gospel, the same gospel he carried across the sea 400 years ago. I get to be here and be a part of a family heritage 400 years later. I bet in his wildest dreams, that wasn't even a hope or reality he ever could have imagined. And it's with that same level of hope and importance, we all need to make choices today. Man, seven great grandchildren from now, is my family going to be serving the Lord? Generations, 400 years in the year, 2400 when they're all in their flying cars and virtual reality. It's my family have a legacy that will let them continue to make an impact and a difference all these years later. So for you here today, I want you to think, what is the destiny God is calling me into? What is the purpose he has for me? What is it he wants me to step into that's gonna make an impact beyond just myself, but that's gonna transform lives for years to come? And that's such a crazy question. It's so hard to wrap your head around that. But I love the answer the Bible gives us. You don't have to figure it out on your own. It's like it says in James. If the Lord wants us to live and do this or that, I will destiny is discovered when we line up with who God has called us to be and what it is he's called us to step into. If you'll bow your heads with me, we're going to pray. God, I just thank you for the destiny you've called everyone in here to, that you've called us into the unknown, that you've called us into something we don't understand to make differences that we might not even see in this life, to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. I thank you that we get to transform lives and be a part of making a difference every single day. God, let us make choices today which will leave a legacy that our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren can be proud of. God, we thank you for everything you're doing. We thank you for the transformation that you have given us. In your name we pray, amen.